0: Say, why in the world are we playing that? Because one of the lines says, Great God Almighty gonna change me. And as a church, we exist to see lives transformed and changed. And I wanna celebrate one of the changed lives in our church family today. So I want to invite Lark to come on up here. And Josh, you can come if you want. And we I wanna I wanna read something as these guys come up here. Some of you saw this already. Because Lark posted something on Facebook this week, and when I saw it on Facebook, I said, um, I contacted her and said, I need to bring you up for church. And by the way, I just realized the other day, who who is my alter ego? Told you a while back. Lead singer of Mercy Me. (laughs) Guess what I just realized? Same glasses. (laughs) Just realized it. Same glasses as the lead singer of Mercy Me. I'm one step closer. To be in the lead singer in Mercy Me, I can't sing, but that was Mercy Me in case you don't know it. So I want to read something this morning that Lark posted on Facebook this week, and then I'm going to have her to share for a moment. I asked her a question. She can share anything else, but I'm going to ask her a question. But um, It says, Good afternoon, Facebook friends and family. Today would mark the 365th day of my sobriety. My whole life I've struggled with depression and addiction. Many unfortunate circumstances led me down a dark, dark road. I was going a thousand miles an hour down a dead end. Train wreck status. It was obviously a slow fade. But I firmly believe that today I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. It is my responsibility to share the good news. Since I have had a touch from God, my life is completely transformed. There is no way I could have, I could have done this on my own. Blessing after blessing was was and continues to be poured out onto my life. My former self is gone. I was made I I was made by God and for God until I truly believed that life till I truly believed that life was never going to make sense. This may sound crazy, but trust me when I say God gets all the glory here. This is by far the happiest, safest and most peaceful place I've ever been in my whole life. I hope this message sends hope to the ones struggling, faith to, to the blind, and, and last but not least, love. Love is what binds us together. And FYI, there are too many people to thank for walking this out with me. Believe in, believing in and loving me regardless of my faults, there aren't enough words to describe what exactly has happened to me, so I can only hope and pray I can be a light. God bless. All my love. Lark. And so you know what? great God Almighty is going to change you. And He has. Amen? Praise the Lord for what God has done. We are super, 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 super proud of you. You know, God brought you into our church family. And we have seen the ups and we have seen the downs. And there's been this whole group of people who have loved you and walked through this time with you. Some didn't know anything. Some knew a whole lot. And God has done amazing things. And we, I look at you, you're a brand new person. And so I asked you, you could add anything you want, but I asked you to, I was going to say, ask you one question. Just this. What would you say to somebody who's struggling? Um,
1: it's really, really simple. Like, too simple. It's so simple, it seems complicated, but it's really not. Like, we really, really are all made From the same God, by God, for God. And we all have the same Savior. Like, Mm -hmm. the great, I mean, and He says, He is who He says He is. He is a healer. He redeems. He protects. He counsels. He's all of that. And, like, I'm borderline fanatic, like, right now with (laughs) Jesus. Like, I'm totally, like, in love. Like, yeah, like, it's kind of scary. I thought I was, like, losing my mind or something. But seriously, there is a, like, a sincere, like, real, true. Um, transformation. I would not not be standing up here if I wasn't 100% positive that the, it, I am like I'm changed, and God gets all the glory. This victory has been like an amazing roller coaster for my husband. Oh, MG, like <laughs> oh, I love this guy with all of my heart, and without him, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here smiling. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had half the faith I have. So he's, I mean, been amazing, and God is great. And my church family, Sanu is my new word. It's, it's our church family. And, and I, I thank every single one of you guys completely. And praise God.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord. One more, one more question. This is a, a yes or no answer. Josh, is it real? Yes. All right. All right, hey, play that. I'm going to play something on the end. This is you right here. the Lord. I love you guys. You You guys guys. are good to see me. Thank you. That is why we do what we do. That's it. Amen. Go home. (laughs) You're going, really? The Packer game doesn't start for hours. And this is better than the Packers. The Packers' victory is not better than that. It's not. Transformed lives. It's unbelievable. God is good, isn't he? Amen. I should, get to, I should get to first things first. That was the first thing. That was first things first right there. Why we do everything we do is to see God transform lives and to raise families and children so they never have to go through that. That's why we do what we do. That's why we educate children. That's why we believe in strong families. That's why we celebrate marriage. So that people don't have to go through that. But if they do, we're here to help. But they never have to in the first place. I'm probably going to talk a little bit about that next week. On how to change your trajectory. Um, so, for the month of Dece- December, January, we have been, December has gone. Feels like March. But first things first, we've been looking at this. Looking at trying to set the right priorities for the year ahead. Can you imagine that half of January is over already? More than half? It's impossible. But... We're trying to take this month, redeem it before it gets away and it's already November, and try to set some priorities in place for our lives as believers and say, God, we want to intentionally do what we should do, what you want us to do for for our benefit and for the glory of your kingdom. And so we want to put some, some things first. We want to, in essence, kind of set up a priority list and say, God, what are the first things that we should put in our lives? What are the things that we should build into our lives so that the other things, we can fit in around it, but if they don't fit, they don't fit, because the most important things are there, and they, they go to the top, and then the other stuff goes down here, and we might not get to some of the stuff we used to do, and it doesn't matter, because this is most important. So that's what we're doing through, through January. We're trying to, what are some of those things we have to put in concrete in our lives? And we've been focusing on one set of scripture to do this. So There's one couple of verses Jesus taught um, his followers, that really, a uh, way well you could say this, he was saying to his followers, here is my priority list for you. So grab your Bibles. Turn with me. and you know where we're probably going. Back to Matthew 22. We're going to go back to Matthew 22 next Sunday too. And we're going to look at, we're just going to read from verse 36 to verse 40. It says this, Matthew 22, verse 36. It says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? In other words, what's most important? That's what they're asking the law they're referring to is not the traffic laws. It was God's law given to the people of Israel for how they should live their lives. So he's saying, what's the most important in how we should live our lives? he says in verse 37, he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and the foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. And so... Jesus said, here's your priority list. Love the Lord with all your heart soul, mind and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so far as we've been parking in this verse, uh, we saw from the first week that the first thing we should say needs to be at the very tip top of the priority list. And we're not necessarily dealing with these by first week was most important, but they're all at the top. But the number one one that needs to be first things first was loving God. He said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when we looked at that a couple of weeks ago, we found this, that loving God is something you can mandate. You can't tell somebody, you love me. God never said, now, you just love me, you muster up enough energy, you muster up enough kind of love, and you love me. That's not at all what it is. What we found was that, that love is simply a natural response to really understanding and seeing God. That when we really get a glimpse of who God is, revealed in scriptures, transforming lives, when we really see this stuff, you can't help but love him. And so love is just a natural response back to really seeing God. And the reason a lot of people have to fake loving, loving God is because they don't really know him. They don't really see him. They, they're religious. They maybe even know doctrine. But they don't know God. They don't know God as revealed through Jesus his son and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And when we have the, the revelation of God through Jesus his son and empowered by the Holy Spirit, we see him for who he really is. And then our lives are transformed, and then we can't help but fall in love with them. So that was week one. Week two last week, we found that we could, we should love um, we should love our neighbor as ourselves and one way we should do that is by reaching lost people, loving and loving and reaching lost people. In other words, the very top of our priority list should be this idea that in order to love our neighbor, surely to do that must include telling the good news of Jesus Christ to those people who have never heard. So so last week, I did an introduction to the sermon, and then we had a live-dead missionary come and do the rest of the sermon. Just saying, how do we reach lost people? Well, today, let's talk about another thing from this text that belongs right at the top of the priority list. And it's this, week number three, for setting foundations straight, first things first. In 2015, you should prioritize, and hold on before I say it, because you're going to look at me and go, you're turning into a liberal. Okay, Wait for it here. Let me explain. So I'm to, that's my disclaimer. 2015, you should prioritize loving yourself. You should prioritize loving yourself. Maybe you've never noticed this before in the text, but that loving yourself is implied in Jesus' teaching in Matthew 22. He says this, Love God with all your heart, and then love your neighbor how? As yourself. In other words, you could say it this way. The way you love your neighbor or the way you love yourself is the same way you should love your neighbor. And are we supposed to go out of our way and with energy and and, um, with passion love our neighbors? Yeah, Jesus gave stories about that. There's a guy on the side of the road and he's hurt and you should go help him. He's saying that's how you love your neighbor. So what Jesus is clearly saying is we should love our neighbor the same way we love ourselves. In other words, he's, he's letting us know that it's right and just to prioritize loving ourself. Now, I know that might make some of us feel a little bit uneasy to hear it like that. But that just sounds kind of selfish. That sounds kind of self-centered. That sounds kind of like most of the culture around me today that makes me really frustrated. It's all about me and never seem to care about anybody else. But well, let me tell you what I'm not saying here when I'm saying you should love yourself. I'm not saying we should be hedonistic. You understand what hedonism means? Hedonistic, or being a hedonism, is this idea, the school of thought, and it's pervasive in our culture, that says that my pleasure is the most important thing in life. That's just a simple definition of hedonism. That my pleasure, my satisfaction, my happiness is the most important thing in life. A hedonist strives in all they do to maximize their personal pleasure. And the little tagline, maybe the motto of hedonism would be eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow I die. So it's just like basically party your brains out in a modern vernacular because you don't know if you got tomorrow. And that's the kind of the hedonistic motto. And to me, that does sound a lot like... Um, Average America, maybe average Western world today. Well, I'm not saying that Jesus is promoting selfish hedonism, where all that matters is me, my pleasures, me, my well-being. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying, and I think Jesus is getting at when he's talking about love your neighbor as yourself, in other words, love yourself also, uh, what I am saying is that you and I are worth loving and were worth caring for. And for you to live the, the blessed and good kind of life that God intends for you to live, you must, and no matter how that works itself out, it might work itself out in persecution against you like the girl's story who's trying to live for Jesus in the in secular world, or however it works out, he still wants a good and beautiful life for you, which is a life filled with his reality, because that's where it flows from. That to live that kind of life that God intends for you, you must prioritize taking care of yourself. Because that's what loving yourself is all about. you realize God says something about each one of us because we're humankind? He says something about you. He says you are very good. He says you have a high value and are worth caring for and investing into. Grab your Bibles turn in your Bibles to the very, very first chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. And let's see what God has to say about you and me. Genesis chapter 1, slide down to verse 26. Look look what it says here, verse 26, chapter 1. It says, Then God said, Let us make man, now if you don't understand there's a trinity, this is a great way to see the trinity, because God's talking about this plurality in the Godhead, um, in his Godness. Let And God said, let us, plural, make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. And to every beast of the earth, and every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth, which, which has life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning on the sixth day. Okay, verse 31. And God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was what? Very good. Tell the person next to you, say, you know what? God says you're very good. They weren't lying when they said that. God says you're very good. It's interesting to me, and people maybe make too much out of this, but at least I think it's interesting from the text, that in the account of creation before the sixth day, the seventh days of creation, or six days of creation and one day of rest, that all the days before that, Um, When God created stuff, he created the earth, he created the animals. He would always say, you know what, that's good. But on the seventh day, he created man, and he said, you know what, that's very good. Church, all people are very good. And what I mean by that is all people are valuable and they're worth loving. Al-Qaeda and ISIS are valuable and worth loving. Absolutely. I'm tempted to get in a sidebar right there, but I can't. We have have too much to talk about. We're all valuable and worth loving. And we're all valuable and worth loving for a very good reason. Verse 27 says, we are created in the image of God. Man is unique among all creation, for only man is created in the image of God. God created man in such a way that we reflect something of the reality and the greatness of God through us because the way he made it. Man's ability to create and to think and to reason and to relate to God are all the results of being created in the image of God. And God looks at that and says, you know what? That is very good. Now we know from the rest of Scripture and just from living our lives but the image of God in man has been marred. It's been harmed. It's been altered because of sin. People do an awful lot of things that are not very good, don't they? Right? They do. But see, Adam and Eve, before their fall into sin, perfectly expressed the image of God in their lives. But then sin entered. And that perfect image has been corrupted because of sin. It's not what it could be because of sin. But all people still, even though sin exists in the world, retain the stamp of the image of God upon them, upon humanity. It's what separates us from the rest of creation. And listen, friends. That's why it's so important for a person to come to Christ and be saved. Because when a person comes to know Jesus as Savior and Lord, when they find forgiveness of their sins, which we're all born into, and they receive spiritual life, which happens when, when you receive Christ and repent of your sins and ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, He not only forgives you, but He breathes spiritual life. You can be 100 years old and get saved, and for the first time, spiritual life is breathed into you. When that happens, then the image of God begins to be restored into what it originally was. It's a restoration of what the original intent of man was to be before sin, when they, when they reflected beautifully the image of God. And friends, that's what spiritual formation, that's what discipleship, this where we use sanctification, becoming more like Jesus, that's what that's all about. The restoration of people back to what they were originally created to be. A greater reflection of the image of God and the glory of God in man. So you know what? God looks at us and he sees, he, he sees what we are and he sees what we can be and he still says, you know what? It's very good. Church, God created you in his image. And scripture says that he loves you. And we know from scripture that we should love what God loves. So guess what? You should love yourself. You are worth loving. You are very good because God created you in his image. Some of you need to grasp on that because some of you don't believe it about yourselves. Some of you say, you know what, I'm not very good at all. I'm not talking about the activities you do. I'm talking about the fact that the image of God is on you. God called you by name and God got a beautiful plan for your life. He's looking at you and saying, I see all the potential. I see who you are. And he says, you're very good. So that we're worth loving. So we're very good. So we put loving ourselves up near the top of our priority list for 2015. You know, this year I'm going to love myself. Well, here's the question. What in the world does that look like? How do I not become hedonistic and say everything revolves around me? What would that look like? Well, I'm going to look at it from two perspectives. First of all, on the physical side, um, it can be Doing what we should simply to take care of our bodies. Um, you know, I think our culture does a pretty good job of telling us this message. We hear it on radio, TV, from people. You know, every advertisement for the YMCA. You hear it. You know, um, we hear all the time that we should eat right and exercise and get enough sleep. Matter of fact, this last week, I had to go have a health screening for our health insurance. And they weighed me and they measured me and then they made me hold this gizmo. You know what the gizmo is for? To see how fat you are. That's a bad gizmo. They, they, they make it sound nice. They call it your BMI, your body mass index. What they're really saying is how fat are you? You know, because they, they didn't want to offend you. But that's what they're saying. How, how chunky are you, Pastor Mark? And so, fortunately, I got under the rate I needed to be. You know, and, but here's what I know they want me to be healthy. Now, I'm not dumb. I know that the reason that they want me to be healthy is I cost less to insure when I'm healthy. I'm not, I'm not dumb. But the message they communicate is true nonetheless. Less. It's good to be in good health. And you know what? For a long time the church world didn't get this. Matter of fact, for some reason they rebelled against it. I don't ever understand that. You know what? Um, as Christians, this should be really important to us. Our bodies are what? Temples, thank you, temples of the Holy Spirit. And caring for our bodies is caring for a gift that God has given to you. And when we are healthy, it enables us to do things that God intends to do through us. We're not limited by poor health. Now, I understand we live in a fallen world and we get sick and, and, and some people are trying to live the perfect life and they still get cancer. You know, I can't explain that. But we still should do what we can do to try to stay in good health because our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit and they're, they're gifts from God. So to love yourself involves taking care of the body that God gave to you. And for maybe some of you, this means that this year... You're going to do something you've, been on, you've not wanted to do before. And maybe you're saying, well, I really can't do that yet because I'm not in a spot. And I understand that. I've been in that position before. But maybe this year you're in a spot where you are saying, you know what? I'm going to pull the trigger and I'm going to spend the money on myself to get a gym membership. might mean you get rid of cable. Matter of fact, it would be the best possible thing. Join a gym, get rid of cable, you will probably be taking care of the temple. You know? Um, but you get a gym membership because you're worth it. It's okay to say that. You're worth it. Or maybe you're actually going to use your vacation days this year. You know what? You know what? Most people don't use it in America don't use their vacation days. I don't get that. <laughs> it doesn't register with me, but they say most people, the studies that most people don't use their vacation days. You know what? You're going to take your vacation days, and you know what you're going to do? Nothing. <laughs> you're going to relax. You're going to sit down, you're going to read your Bible, read a good book. You're going to get some sun. You're, you're going to go snowshoeing or whatever you like, winter vacations. I'm not sure. But here's what I know. You're worth it. That's what God is trying to communicate to us. But here's the key thought I want you to get about this today when we're talking about this. The thing I want you to take away is this. It doesn't happen by accident. We don't attain or maintain physical health by accident. It takes intention. It takes investment. It takes time. It takes energy. And that's why it has to be near the top of our priority list. Because as we make time for loving ourselves, some other things will get pushed down the list. Okay? So you, make, you prioritize it. You say, it's important. I'm worth it. In an unselfish way, I'm worth it. And therefore, it goes to the top. That's okay. God says you're very good. So you are worth the investment. Right? Yeah, Pastor Mark, I believe that to be true. Amen. <laughs> you are! I'm telling you. And so am I. Well, that's a little about the physical side. And I did the physical side first because I wanted to be in the illustration for the spiritual side. Okay? Because I'm not trying to start a gym here or anything. A little bit of physical side of loving ourselves, but what about the spiritual side? Well, I don't think that our culture is nearly as good about communicating this message as it is with the physical one. Um, They don't tell me that I should have good spiritual health the way they tell me I should have good physical health. You know, my insurance provider isn't requiring me to have a spiritual health exam. They don't have one of them gizmos for the Holy Spirit's activity and involvement in my life. I wish they did, but they, they don't. They don't really care about that. But the same principle applies. It doesn't happen by accident. That's what I want you to get today. It doesn't, spiritual health doesn't happen by accident. Like our physical health, our spiritual health requires intentionality, it requires investment, it requires time, and it requires energy. And I would say this, the greatest way you can love yourself this year is to prioritize your spiritual life. It's the greatest thing you can do. I think greater than your physical. I'm not saying we don't have to care about the physical. I just said we should. But the greatest way that you can love yourself this year, and I mean the greatest, is to invest, prioritize your spiritual health this year. See, we love ourselves when we prioritize a lifestyle that makes investment into our spiritual development and allows ample opportunity for God to heal and to form us. Here's what I find about life. Life is crazy busy. And we can run the whole year. I'm not saying you're not going to be saved, but I'm saying you're not going to be really blessed. You're not going to be content. You're not going to live in the in the in the flow of God and His Spirit by just living this crazy life without prioritizing your spiritual development. That we love ourselves when we prioritize a lifestyle that makes investment into our spiritual development and allows ample opportunity, which equates to time. An investment, opportunity for God to heal and to form us. You say, well, I come to church. That's good. But if that's all you do, I'm going to tell you, you're not, going to, you're not really investing into your spiritual life what you really probably should in order to get what God has for you. Think about something. What will you do in 2015 to invest into your spiritual development? Will you maybe prioritize reading the scriptures, reading the Bible in 2015? How about doing this? Prioritize reading from Genesis to Revelation this year. You're only a couple weeks into it. you still got on board. Prioritize reading the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. Now, I know something. If you're going to do that, that will take some time. So it may push some other things down the list a bit in your life. It may be some TV show that you don't watch. I'm not sure what it will be, but something. Because you only got 24 hours in a day. If you're going to put this to the top, something else may have to go, unless you just have lots of extra time in your life. And if you do, well then, read double. So maybe you're going to prioritize reading the scriptures this year. Or maybe you'll prioritize scheduling some days on your calendar for solitude and silence. Times when you just get alone with God and learn to hear his voice. When you're not doing it in conjunction with something else. Oh, I'll listen to God because this is kind of a quiet activity I do. I found that something. It doesn't work. Or you just say, I'm going to put everything else aside and you learn to just be with God and hear his voice, which, friends, which is where all spiritual health flows from, just being with him. Or will you maybe prioritize practicing the presence of God, where you intentionally keep God before your mind throughout your days, seeking, like King David said, to continually be aware of the Lord's presence. Listen to what David said. He said, I have set the Lord continually before me, because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my and my glory rejoices. My flesh will also dwell so think, securely. My flesh will actually benefit from a right spiritual life. He says that in, in Psalm 16. He just practiced the presence of God. David prioritizing, prioritized just being aware of the presence of God. And my question is, will we? It will take time and it will take effort. And some other things will be pushed down the priority list of your life. But friends, prioritizing our spiritual health will result in the greatest blessing available to mankind. Do you know what the greatest blessing available to mankind is? Greater intimacy and reality in your walk with God. It's what Lark was saying today. She's kind of going, I think I'm kind of getting crazy here. Because what she's saying is, I figured out it's really real. God is really here. And I really feel his presence Friends, that's the greatest gift, the greatest blessing available to mankind. There's nothing else that compares. Now, do you remember back in the very beginning of our sermon today? We saw in Genesis that God creates us in his image and that he says that's very good. Remember that? Well, friends, he created us in his image so we could be in a unique relationship with him, that we could relate to him. And that relationship is the greatest blessing available to man. And that's what develops when we prioritize our spiritual health. We create opportunities for God to relate to us and to heal us and to pour His grace out upon us. We come to know and experience Him more. And because I believe that so strongly, I have a suggestion for every single person in this room for the rest of 2015. Make a 2015 soul care plan. It's funny, Chris, used use the same words as I put in my notes. Make a 2015 soul care plan. A plan where you prioritize sometimes during the coming year where you will invest into your spiritual health. Something I try to do every year of my life. Create a soul care plan for the year. And I find for me the best way to me to think about it, it's not original with me, I learned this from somebody else, is I think of my whole entire year in terms of this. Days, weeks, months, and year. And I think of my whole year in terms of days, weeks, months, and year. And I think about how should I plan investing into my spiritual life based on those things. So I ask myself, what things will I do daily for my spiritual health? Maybe for you it's a morning prayer time. Maybe in the evening, it's spending some time reading God's Word. And for all this, you understand this, it's simply tending the flame. I've talked about that a lot to you. You ignite the flame of God's presence in your life, and you do what you have to do to keep the fire burning throughout the day. I'm not sure how that has to work for you. I know what I have to do. But you ask yourself, what will I do? Will I plan to invest into my life every day? Now, it's not about law. It's not about, oh, I have to do this today. It's about, I want to do this today for the benefit of... And maybe some days you don't do it because it's not law, but it's just a plan that you have in place. It's not about earning God's affection or his approval. It's about loving yourself enough to do what's best for you so that you reap the benefit and your relationship with God grows. And that comes through spending time with your Creator. So that's daily. But then you think about weekly, and you look at your whole year, what will I do weekly? You know, What could I do every single week? Well, Scripture kind of already speaks to that one for us, doesn't it? one that maybe you know, we need to talk about more often in, the, in, the, in America, um, that we should set aside one day and seven for, seven for Sabbath. What's it simply mean? A day is set aside one out of seven days for rest and worship. We set a day aside for God. We say, God, this is your day. Not about everything else. It's about rest and worship. And then I look at monthly. You say, what? There's some things that are just too big to do every single day unless you're retired and you have nothing else to do. And every tell, tell me when they get retired they're busier than they ever were, so it can't be true that you're retired and have nothing else to do. So monthly, there's some things that are just too big to do every day or to do every week, but I can maybe do monthly. For me, it's to set aside one day, every month for solitude and silence. something I've practiced for years and years and years and got away from a little bit and have recommitted to for 2015. One day every month to just be alone with God and just learn to listen to Him. I don't talk to anybody. I don't answer my phone. I'll look at it. if it's an emergency maybe. But I just all alone with God, one day out of 30, to spend a day with the Lord. And then annually. Maybe something you can't do every month, but something's even bigger than that, but is a really great investment into your spiritual life. The idea of an annual spiritual retreat. I schedule in a silent prayer retreat into my annual calendar every year. I've done it for, I don't know, 20, 25 years. Almost every single year, I have a silent prayer retreat I go to. I find that I need it. It gives me an extended time to focus on what is absolutely the most important priority in my life, my relationship with God and my spiritual health. And I find I need that. And I think history says in the church world that, that, um, that the church has concluded that's something that people need to be healthy. So I suggest you sit down and think about what you could do to benefit yourself this year. And, and I say this, put it on your calendar I've learned something about life. If you don't put it on your calendar, you won't do it. Right? How many of you intend to do things and you never do them? But when you put it on your calendar, you say, "Oh, I can't do this." And I, a good example this week: somebody called me, needed to meet, and I have something on Monday night that is a it is about my physical health. It's a, going to the YMCA. Person really needed to talk and. And I said, I looked at my calendar from last week, the beginning of the week, all the way to that whole week. And every night this week, I was busy until the very end of this week. But on Monday, I'm going, ah, oh, I really could cancel that one thing. And I looked and I said, no. There's a reason why it's on my calendar. I have to do that for my health. I have to do that because God gave me a temple to take care of. And so I looked and I said, oh, here's another day, two weeks out, but here's a night I'm free. You know what? If it's on the calendar, you tend to keep it. So grab your calendar. Maybe this afternoon, you've got a long time between now and the Packer game. Or I'm praying the Packers win, but you'll probably be better at it if they win. But if they lose, you won't have any celebrating. And so you can sit down and say, what should I do for the year? Say, God, daily, weekly, monthly, annually. What can I do in my life to make sure I'm going to invest into my spiritual life? Because why? It doesn't happen on accident. You know, God says that you are very good and he wants the very best for you. That's why he would have us put at the top of our priority list, loving ourselves, take care of our bodies, or most importantly, take care of our souls. Makes sense, doesn't it? Let's stand together. Would you join me in praying this morning? Heavenly Father, we want to live out your priorities for our lives. Lord, I can say that by faith and belief that that's really true about the people standing in this room today. That we do want to live out your priorities for our lives. And Lord, we see in your word maybe something we haven't seen before. We've seen love God, love neighbors, but we never really noticed that before that it said love yourself. And so Lord, today I pray that you would just release within us this idea that it is good and right to prioritize in our lives those things that will make us healthy. Because, Lord, we know what we're physically and, most very importantly, spiritually healthy, that everything else falls into place. And so, Father, I pray that as we walk from this place today, there would just be a, a commitment, something inside that says, you know, I really want to do that. I really want to take some time and try to put a soul care plan together for the rest of 2015, because I know it won't happen an accident. And I want to go further than I've gone. I want to I want to be deeper in my walk. I want to have a greater experience. I want to have this sense, greater sense of being filled with your spirit. And Lord, that comes from time with you. So Lord, help us just get a handle on our schedules and to put, build into our lives those things that really help us become healthy for your glory. As we're in prayer this morning, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. I'd be remiss if I didn't simply ask this question. Maybe you're here today and you have never taken the first step in entering a, a real living relationship with God the Father through Jesus' his Son. But today, something's going on inside your heart. Something, you feel something deep down inside. And it's saying, I want more. And I, and I just know this is what I need. I need God in my life. And today is the day you're wanting to say, Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Today, I want to bow my knee to you. And I want to ask you to receive me, to forgive me. And on this day, I want to dedicate myself to walking with you. And I'm going to ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me brand new. And ask you to turn on that spiritual life inside of me. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, only for the fact I want a private moment. If that's you today, I want you to do something just between you and me and God because no one else is looking around. I want you just to raise up your hand want to see your hand, I'm going to tell you to put it down. I'm not going to call you or to embarrass you. I'm just going to see who to pray with today. Slip it up real quick and put it back down. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you, God, that it's your plan, that you're the one who said you've created us in your image and because of that, we're very good. And God, I pray we would walk from this place today knowing that That we are children of the Most High God. That we were sinners. We've been saved by grace. And now we're saints. Children of the Most High God. And Father, we walk in that reality today. And we give you permission, God. Flow through us. Call us to do anything you want in the coming days. As we walk into our workplaces, we walk into our family situations, use us for your glory. Help us to share the love of Christ. Help us to explain the good news of salvation to the people around us so that, Lord, your kingdom would spread in strength and power. Now bless everyone who's come here today. Give us a day of of great glory with you. And everybody said, Amen.